Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to the Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Show, aired every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Cat Cannabis is the international best-selling author of Surviving Cancerland, Intuitive Aspects of Healing, and the host of Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod TV show. Together, we will explore cutting-edge insights and philosophies in health, wealth, and relationships. Cat's guests will be ordinary people with extraordinary stories. Now, here is your host, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. Welcome to the show, everyone. We have a great guest for you tonight. We have renowned White House chef John Muller, who served three first families. And tonight he's going to share with you the trials and joys of dining at the White House, from the president's table to yours. He recently published a book that chronicles his journey from a small town in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, to his remarkable 13 years working as a White House chef to three presidents, which is President George H.W. Bush, President William Jefferson Clinton, and President George W. Bush and their families. Chef John is going to talk about the challenges of preparing delectable dishes in America's most famous home. So welcome to the show, Chef Muller. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Mm -hmm. So uh, I want to ask you, what was it like going from the heart of Amish country in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, into the White House? That's quite a jump. Can you kind of take us on that journey? Oh, absolutely. You know, I um, I started in high school at, at uh, just cooking at local hotels and went to a Votech program in high school for cooking. Then after graduating uh, in 1979, I went up to Johnson & Wales up in Providence, Rhode Island, and took culinary up there. And then after a couple of years of being in the New England area in uh, 1984, I had an opportunity to go over to France. I had a friend of mine that was working at an Irish restaurant in downtown Paris, of all places, you know. It was called La Ferme Hollandaise, the Irish farm. And then uh, from that point, I got hooked up down in uh, Dijon, France, and found work there. Started going to school to get my parler français going a little better. And then spent two and a half years uh, going between Burgundy and Brittany in the west of France, cooking, living, learning everything I could. Uh, upon returning back to the States here, I found work down in the Virgin Islands, spent a year down in St. Croix, and then it was my return back up to the north here after the season was done in June of uh, 1987 that I, I landed a position down in, uh, in, uh, in Washington, D.C., right off DuPont Circle, a very famous restaurant at that point in time, and the chef uh, was French-Belgian, and he recognized some of the places I worked in France and said, I'd love to bring you in and, and work with me. So I did. 
And literally three weeks after we were working together, on a Friday night after service, he said to me, you know, John, he said, all the French chefs get together once in a while, and tonight's tonight. He says, if you want to, why don't you come with me? I said, your, your French is good enough. You can hang with us. So uh, we went down to the, uh, to the Mayflower Hotel, and I met all the French chefs in Washington. And one gentleman who I got to know that night, his name was Pierre Chambrin, at another local French restaurant. Uh, we became friends over the next two years or so, and then I heard that he started working at the White House. I said, well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Pierre's at the White House. And then about a year and a half or so later, I got a faithful phone call from him one day saying that uh, he's up for the chef position, and he's looking for someone to replace himself. And uh, that, and uh, actually, when we sat down to talk about the position, he said that there's five chefs in the kitchen full-time, two in the pastry, three in the cooking side, and we take care of all the family meals and the official functions that go on there. And he says, I'm French-born, but yet to be an American citizen and work full-time. The pastry chef is French-born, but he's an American citizen, too. He says, I could bring another Frenchman in that's an American citizen, but I think it's too many French people. <laughs> he says, if I can find an American that knows something about French cooking, that's what I'm looking for. So that little séjour en France is what uh, set me apart from the other candidates at that point in time and uh, got me in the door. Oh, what a great story. And so for all of our listeners who are up here in New England, because I'm actually in Cape Cod, and Providence, Uh Rhode Island is just a hop, skip, and a jump down the street. When Mm -hmm. you uh, graduated from Johnson and Wales College in Providence, Rhode Island, you graduated cum laude. So that is Mm -hmm. just kudos to you. Absolutely. And maybe some of your listeners from the Boston area, I worked in Newton Lower Falls for a little while at a restaurant that I, my understanding is no longer there, but it was, a, it was an institution for many years. It was called the Pillar House. It was right on 128, right near the, right near the Mass Turnpike in Newton Lower Falls. And uh, it, it, uh, I, I'd spent about a year there working and during the time that I was in the, um, in the New England area. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time up there and taking a trip out I-95, I think it was, that goes out towards uh, Cape Cod, if it's the Wood Hole. Mm-hmm. Go down to Woods Hole for a day trip over to Moss's Vineyard or something like that. It was always, uh, mm-hmm. always, a, always a fun day. <laughs> well, my husband's from Newton, so I know that I've heard him speak at the Pillar House. And uh, so, my goodness, it's like uh, when you're on this radio show today, you've come home a little bit, and we're so excited to have you back. So, mm-hmm. um, Chef Muller, tell us a, a little bit about um, about what some of the favorite meals of of some of the families of the presidents are like chelsea clinton did she have a favorite little meal that you would fix for her well um after she got uh in there it was probably about a month or so that that president clinton had been in office and the president first lady mrs clinton where they were leaving that night by themselves to go out to a dinner locally so chelsea was eating by herself so I get a phone call down from uh, Chelsea, and she said, uh, John, I'd really like to have some macaroni and cheese. I said, sure, I can do that. So I, uh, you know, I started making up my bechamel and grated up the cheese and boiling the macaroni and made it up fresh. Send it up to her and with with a salad and some other goodies. And uh, she called me called down later and said, you know, that was very good, John. But next time, could have the one from the box, you know. So I had uh, she was 13 at the time, you know. So I, uh, my my feelings weren't hurt that bad. But th- that was kind of the go-to meal the first year or so when she was just that young. She, when mom and dad was out, uh, she liked that mac and cheese, uh, piece of grilled chicken, and and mom said, as long as she's having a green green vegetable with that, make sure she's getting her vegetables. Uh, that that'll be fine. You know? 
know. So that lasted for a year or so, and then uh, then she started getting a little into uh, into the vegetarian style of eating, a little pescatarian. She'd uh, she'd go back and forth to that from time to time. She'd very rarely eat any uh, red meat. She she enjoyed uh, chicken and fish uh, for the proteins there, and uh, it, it was just fun to kind of watch her grow up because she was 12 years old when she got there, and uh, I watched her uh, you know grow up, go to college, and, uh, and it was it was something. You know, she was the closest one I was to of all the children that were at the White House because uh, the, the Bush twins got to know them, but they were already in college uh, by the time mm-hmm. that President George W. Bush um, George came in. And, of course, George H. W. Bush, his, his children had already been grown, so we got to see them from time to time, but not on a living, everyday type situation like it did with Chelsea. Mm-hmm. So, and then for uh, the families – uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, for food for the other for the families there – I mean, uh, uh, George H. W. Bush had about the most expansive palate. I mean, yes, of course, we know that he didn't like the broccoli, but if you saw everything else that he did like, he really outweighed everyone else. He did a he did a very good job of trying lots of different foods there. So he was the most challenging one to cook for on a regular basis there. You know, uh, you having a good plate of oysters from up in New England. Of course, he was a, a Maine guy at heart, and uh, all, and and lobster and rockfish and all those goodies. He, he enjoyed them thoroughly there. You know, the only thing he didn't like is what he referred to as wet fish. And wet fish mm. was he didn't like it when it was poached or anything. He he wanted it grilled mm-hmm. or sautéed. He wanted like a little bit of Christmas on it, you know. But other than that, he enjoyed a lot of different things. Uh, of course, when I cooked there, it was two aspects to my cooking. I mean, we were private chefs there. We took care of the family uh, and their guests, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then, of course, on the other side of it, we were like a banquet house. We took care of all the official functions that happened there. And it could be a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner, a cocktail reception, or a picnic on the south grounds. And so when we were cooking for them personally, they were all very health conscious, every single one of them, about what they were consuming. Because when they go out on the road, uh, they're exposed to a lot of high caloric foods. So when they get back to the mm-hmm. White House, they want to kind of back off a little bit. So it was our job to kind of, you know, <clears throat> not have sauces laden with creams and sauces mm-hmm. with, and soups were not cream soups. Always made broth, broth soups is what they really enjoyed. You know, your vegetables weren't glistening with butter, mostly steamed, maybe squeeze a little lemon juice on it, salt, pepper, and that's about it, you know. But they were, they were all very, very health conscious when it came to eating by themselves. And then, of course, when we did the official functions, then we were able to turn it up a little bit and get a little bit more fancy and uh, more extravagant with the meals that way, you know. But uh, I developed a, uh, a dish for uh, for uh, my my chicken enchilada that was uh, was was liked by all of them, you know. And it got better and better as the years went by. It's still a favorite of mine. I, I make it for myself from time to time. But they they all enjoyed a good uh, chicken enchilada with some uh, pinto beans and rice and maybe an avocado mm-hmm. salad was definitely a was definitely a big hit there, you know. The, uh, one time when the uh, when the, uh, President Clinton was in office, it was probably in the second term. It was a cold winter's night, and I was thinking about what am I going to do with this piece of chicken? I mean, think about this. I mean, in a restaurant, you have the same menu pretty much, but different customers mm-hmm. come in every day. Here you have the same customer every day. You have to come up with some different menus. So you're constantly uh, working the edge of, you know, how, is there a thousand and one ways to cook a piece of chicken? Yes, there is, and I found them all, you know. But uh, I thought about this, this, this chicken pot pie recipe from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where you, you cook it up, and you make like a stew out of it, and then a dumpling dough, and then you cook that into the stew part of it, but you do not put it into a shell. It, the, the dumpling dough is inside of it. It's, it's chicken pot pie Dutch style. So I thought I'd make that up one evening. And uh, as I, I, and in the kitchen, there's two kitchens at the White House. The ground floor kitchen is where we do the main cooking. And then when we're ready to go, half an hour, 45 minutes before service, we would take it up to the second floor kitchen. The second floor is their residence. 
That's where they live. And to be able to be on that second floor is extraordinary by yourself. A lot of times you're just with a butler or yourself and maybe a maid. Uh, the Secret Service doesn't come wandering around back in there. We are inside the ring of the Secret Service. They do not come into their apartment area where they live. And so you have a one-on-one relationship with them while you're up there serving them. So I was up to that after that, that evening. I gave the food in a nice big rim bowl to the butler. He went to the swinging doors, dropped it to the president. And as he was coming back in, the door swung open. I could see the president straight ahead. And he looked up to me, and he's leaning over the bowl. And he looked up to me and gave me a thumbs up and said, John, this is the kind of food I like, you know, just nice, hearty, comfort food, you know. And so I said, well, that was a winner. And Mrs. Bush, I mean, I'm sorry, Mrs. Clinton was standing next to him at that point in time. I said, you know, let's make a few biscuits of that next time, you know. So that became a really Every couple of uh, weeks or a month or so, I would put that chicken pot pie uh, on the menu there, you know. And, of course, he left, and George uh, W. Bush came into office. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, it was a cold winter's night, and he was eating by himself this night. And I said, let me try that chicken pot pie recipe again. Uh, would you know, the, the butler was doing the same thing, giving it to the president at the same seat on that second-floor dining room. And as the butler was coming back in uh, to the kitchen, the door swung open. I saw the president sitting in the same spot. He looks up to me and says, gives me a thumbs up and says, John, this is the kind of food I like, you know. And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> so it became a regular food. with him, too, you know. So yeah, good comfort food is good comfort food, you know. <laughs> It is, and and I know exactly what you're talking about with that chicken, with, with that chicken dumpling. My mom used to make that because my dad was from Pennsylvania. He was from the uh-huh. same area you were in, and that's a staple really? up there. Mm-hmm. And it is comfort food, and it, it is delicious. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're getting ready to go for a quick break, but before we do, I would like for you to share with our audience how they can find your book and mm-hmm. order your book and how they can find out more about you. And would you repeat the title of your book for us also? I've, um, I'd like to hear it from you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, we titled it Dining at the White House, From the President's Table to Yours. And it came out in September of 2013. Obviously, if you search it online, you could find things on Amazon, or if you go to your local bookstore, you can request it at the information desk. Uh, our distributors should be able to get it to them in a couple of days if it's not already on the shelves. This day and age with Amazon and stuff, they don't stock as many books as they used to. Uh, so, But you can order and get it to you. Or if you uh, search me on the web or go to uh, my business, which is State of Affairs Catering, uh, I can, uh, I can uh, sign it and send it off to you too. And that's, that's not a problem also. Uh, through State of Affairs Catering, you can go to my website and, uh, and make a request. I'd be more than happy to uh, sign it and ship it off to you. That's not a problem. Mm, that's a wonderful. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. So all of you who are listening right now, don't go away because when we come back from this commercial, uh, Chef Muller is going to share with us a holiday story from Camp David. So whatever you do, don't leave. Hey, Jenna, have you seen the TV show Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod on Channel 99? OMG, I love that show. It's with Kathleen O'Keefe Canavan. She's an international best-selling author and Lori Boyle, the CEO of Lori Boyle Media. Right. They're hosting a personal development seminar, Retreat for the Soul. It's about your dreams, meditation, healing, and the subconscious mind. Ooh. It sounds fun. And rejuvenating. Let's go. Where do we sign up? Their website, wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Did you know that you can use your own radio show to promote your business and become a celebrity in your area or industry? Do you have a great idea for a radio show or a passion that you would like to share with other like-minded people? The Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod Radio and TV hosts 
Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis, and Lori Boyle will show you how. Go to Wicked House Lives on CapeCod.com. Do you have a great story to tell or do you want to write your memoir? Best-selling author Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and Lori Boyle, CEO of Lori Boyle Media, are the hosts of the Wicked House Lives on Cape Cod TV and radio shows. Hmm. Join their Writer's Workshop Intensive to get writing and get published. Go to Wicked House Lives on CapeCod.com. Just, just a couple minutes. We're, we're, we're basically there. Two minutes. Just go. Thank you, everyone, for jo- tuning in tonight. Uh, this is Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis on the Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Show, and tonight I'm speaking with renowned White House chef John Muller, and he served three first families, and today he's sharing with you some of the joys and some of the challenges that he had as a chef in the White House. Um, In the earlier part of the show, he was talking about favorite foods for Chelsea Clinton, Bill, George, George H.W., and now we're going to ask him to, to share a story with us about when he went to Camp David because he was also required to be a chef there. So welcome back to the show, everyone, and welcome back, Chef John Miller. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. So you were talking when when we were in the green room, uh, you mm-hmm. were sharing uh, some of the holiday stories that uh, you had from your time at Camp David, and you were talking about how the Clintons always spent Christmas in the White House, but uh, mm-hmm. that's not where you always ended up making Christmas dinner. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, we'd um, uh, with the President First Lady. Uh, of course, they would like to use Camp David uh, at Thanksgiving. Just about all of them use Camp David for Thanksgiving, and we really didn't get involved with that. Uh, actually, what happens at Camp David is the Navy uh, takes care of the food service at Camp David, and also maintains all the cabins, and the Marines protect it. They're like the two main entities up at Camp David there, and also under the Oval Office is the Navy mess, and they take care of the President. When he's in the Oval Office, and they also go on the road with him when he travels anywhere domestically or abroad, they will be with him as a personal valet and making sure his favorite beverages are there for him and checking out the food sources and what's going on. They wouldn't take us out on the road on, on those type of trips there. So uh, so Camp David, if they're just going up there by themselves on just a regular weekend, the Navy takes care of it. But if there's a head of state in town and there's like a big powwow going up there, or if there's a, a big family gathering, they'd like us to cater the event, then we would. We would make up the menus, start the preparation out at the White House, and source all the food there, then just take it up to uh, Camp David and just cater it out there, you know. So uh, what uh, when the Clintons were in there, they would uh, stay – Thanksgiving at Camp David, but Christmas they like being at the White House. And so we'd have a, a big buffet uh, set up with some of their favorites they liked from uh, some different salads, and they always liked a, a baked ham and a baked turkey. And so it was kind of neat on just about every one of those Christmases, I ended up being there on the late shift, and I would come in, I'd just be working by myself for the most part, and I'd just go out to the dining room, and I'd be there uh, carving the, uh, both the ham and the turkey for uh, the president and his family to, uh, to take care of them that day. So it was kind of special to be part of their, their day with them. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't mind spending half of my day there at the White House uh, uh, if you were going to be spending it with the president first lady, you know. It's pretty neat, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, did they? Did any of the the presidents or their or their family members wander down into the kitchen for something like I don't know, orange juice or a grilled cheese sandwich, or was that area pretty much 
uh, an area that that uh, they didn't venture into. Well, I mentioned earlier those two kitchens. The, uh, the downstairs mm-hmm. kitchen, they, they rarely ever go into there. But on the second floor kitchen, which is right across the uh, west sitting hall and their bedroom, and right next to the dining room, is an area that's inside their apartment area. So uh, they would go into there quite often and either get a bottle of water or something to drink mm-hmm. or maybe uh, make a, pot, a cup of tea if, so, if nobody's around. And we would keep some leftovers inside there. And the refrigerators, they say, hey, that soup is pretty good. Why don't you put in a little cup there? And if I get a little hungry, we could always just put it in the microwave. So things like that mm-hmm. would happen from time to time, you know. And uh, uh, other snack foods that we used to keep up there uh, was, uh, you know, I used to bring these pretzels from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which uh, there's this little mom-and-pop place that's been making them since the 30s, and they're absolutely delicious. And, and uh, the Clintons really enjoyed it, and Chelsea liked them a lot. Uh, and so after they left, I thought I'd keep them up on that second floor in this little container. And uh, the Bushes liked it, too, so I just kept it up there. And about a year or so into uh, George W. Bush's uh, administration, remember hearing that story about him choking on a pretzel? When I he's think I think football we game? do, yeah. Was that one of your pretzels? Yeah, I was behind that one. That was me. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was my pretzel. I felt horrible about it, you know, but uh, he didn't kick him off the second floor. We, I, I didn't get in trouble or anything like that, but it was serious, though. He, uh, it, it blocked his airway, and he was, uh, he, he, uh, he was going down, actually. You know, he oh, just, my <clears> goodness. <throat> taken down by a pretzel. Oh, my gosh. That's little old Pennsylvania. Lancaster, Pennsylvania here, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm glad it all turned out well. So I know that you've actually taken time out from one of the events that you're at right now to do this radio show with us tonight, and I wanted to let you know Mm -hmm. how much we really, really appreciate that. And I know that some of the people where you are right now took you down into the basement (laughs) with Mm -hmm. a phone so that you could have a nice, quiet area to to talk to us. Tell us what you're doing right now. I recreate dinners from the White House and stuff like that, and uh, and then afterwards I give them, uh, you know, my, my story for for uh, after the dessert's been served and people really enjoy it so that's part of my catering business that I do and uh, I take the show on the road I travel around this country between the book tour and and you take food and uh, stories from the White House people really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where are you right now? I'm in uh, northern Pennsylvania, uh, out uh, west. Uh, I'm sorry, east of Mansfield, Troy, up in, up in the mountains here. And what are you down doing? in the basement here, I'm looking at a uh, a big bear. <laughs> That's a taxidermy oh. uh, product here. Oh, okay. From, uh, the house <laughs> I thought maybe it's... you came in to, to to sample some of your food. Um, and uh-huh. are you at an event down there? Oh, I'm at uh, at somebody's home. A uh, very very nice home here up in the mountains here. And uh, we're going to just do a recreation of a um, of a White House dinner here. Mm. Oh my goodness! So can you tell us what you're going to do in that recreation? What are you going to serve mm-hmm. tonight? Well, tonight and is we're it in your do... cookbook? Uh, let's see, parts of it you may find, and definitely the dessert is in there. Uh, the first course, here again, I, get, I look for some seasonal things here. And um, uh, the tomatoes are fantastic out of Lancaster right now. So I made a fresh diced concrete of tomato, diced tomato with shallots. So it's sauté shallots with tomato uh, sauce. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to pan sear some uh, jumbo dry pack sea scallops. And then mm-hmm. in the center, my Amish farmer, I got some fresh uh, picked and cultivated garlic. So I made a garlic cream out of the garlic. It's when you boil it 
sixth time. You boil it, you dump it, you boil it, you dump it. And after the sixth time, uh, you boil it, you dump it, and then you peel off the skins, and you take the, the germ out in the center if it's there, and then I, I puree that. And then I add a little bit of heavy cream, sea salt, and some white pepper. And then I'm going to put a dollop of that in the center of the place, plate, have the tomato shallot sauce pushed around the edge of the, uh, of the garlic puree, and then have the pan-sear scallops on top of that. And then I have some crispy parsnips to, uh, to garnish it with, with uh, some fresh chives. Oh, shot? my goodness. I don't know what my listeners are doing, but I'm, like, drooling all over my keyboard here. That sounds delicious. So uh, how can how can uh, the listeners find you? you? You say you're traveling all over the country and, and you're promoting your book, which sounds absolutely fantastic. How mm-hmm. can they find you, and where are you going next? Well, um, I was uh, I was in Atlanta last week. I'm going to be heading over to Ohio in a couple of weeks to do a dinner at the Garfield uh, Museum, for his uh, his presidential museum. That's going to be on the 20, 27th, I think it is. That's a Thursday night. I'll be over there, and then uh, I'll be like I said, I'm I got quite a few things uh, gathered between here, Georgia, Florida, and Texas in the coming months here. But you can always find me at uh, at my website. I have a catering business, and it's named. State of Affairs. I thought that was a nice play on uh, words there. And State mm-hmm. of Affairs Catering. And uh, through there, you can do a request towards me, and uh, I can see if I can either get a book to you or if you're interested in a uh, in a, uh, a charity event or meet a headline or keynote speak for uh, for something for you, I can uh, see if I can put you, put you into my schedule. Oh, that sounds wonderful. So uh, we're down to our last Five minutes. I mean, this time just just flies. Give us the mm-hmm. name of your book one more time, so that those people listening who have been running around looking for a piece of paper and pencil are finally mm-hmm. sitting back down with it. Uh, give us the name of your book again, and how can they find it? And so the title, <clears throat> the title of the book is "Dining at the White House: From the President's Tables to Yours," uh, from uh, uh, Chef John Moeller. Uh, it's, it is also a uh, gold medal winner. We won a gold medal last year for best cookbook and a gold medal for best celebrity memoir and best autobiography. And so it's a gold medal winner. And uh, you could find it, you know, you could maybe go to the local bookstore. The distributors should be able to help you find it and get it to you within a couple of days because they don't stock books as much uh, as they used to anymore with uh, Amazon out there. Or you can go to Amazon. You can find the book there also. Or you can contact me, like I mentioned, at State of Affairs Catering, and I can uh, personally sign it for you and get it in the mail to you. I have a nice shipping department where I'm at. Great. So we're down mm-hmm. to our last uh, four minutes. So what is the one thing that you would love to leave our, our audience with, Chef John Miller? <clears throat> what is the one thing that those uh, those people out there listening who are aspiring to be a mm-hmm. chef, what is the one tip you could, could give them? Well, what was really extraordinary and what I did, having the opportunity to work at the White House, was just absolutely extraordinary. I mean, I used to pinch myself every time I walked through those gates, and to be able to be up on that second floor of the White House taking care of them was just extraordinary. And there's no two days that were alike. What was, what was even more extraordinary is that we had a chance to get to know these people in a completely different light than everyone else, because politics had nothing to do with what we did, and you would never, ever – ever compromise your position or being up on that second floor and talk about politics. So it was kind of great to get to know these folks uh, in that level. You know, and as they said to me when I got the job there, you serve to the pleasure of the president. A new president could come in and bring in anyone he wants to, to make himself as happy as possible during the four or eight years while he's there. So uh, we, were, we were government employees, but we were not civil servants. 
we were we were called RS employees. And like I said, they, they said, you serve to the pleasure of the president. And uh, things don't usually happen, but you have to be prepared in case there is something that may happen. You, uh, you, know, you may be replaced and maybe nothing to do with what, what, uh, what you've done. They just want to bring their own people in. Yeah, it just shows how, how, you know, how you can be employed in the White House one day and not the next. Quite frankly, yes, you know. I mean, like I said, usually those things don't happen. But uh, uh, the only thing that's happened in recent time is uh, uh, President uh, Obama. After I left there, he he brought a private chef that was working for his family up in Chicago. He brought him to the White House. So somebody had to leave out of the three working in the kitchen. He replaced somebody there. And actually, that gentleman just left uh, a few months ago. So that position just became open again. Uh, uh, Ooh, uh, might yeah. you possibly? Is it mm-hmm. possible? You, you never know. We never know. We'll see what happens down the road oh, here. You know? If you do, you got to come back on and tell us all about it because we're rooting for you. I'd love to see you back in there, and I'm sure that whoever's going to be in that White House next would be very, very lucky to have you cooking for them. Well, we're down to our last minute, so I really, really want to thank you so much, Chef John Miller, for being with us tonight and sharing these fabulous stories and showing mm-hmm. just how human the first family is and how important cooking is to the country. Absolutely. You can't make a good decision on an empty stomach, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> so mm-hmm. thank you again for being on the show with us. And I just want to mm-hmm. tell everybody that next Wednesday we are going to have John Robinson on, and he's going to be talking about earning profits from your passion. And as uh, Chef Muller's passion was cooking tonight, our next guest is going to have a different passion, but the bottom line is make sure that you do what you love, and that mm-hmm. way whatever you do will make you happy. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, tonight, and thank you again, Chef John Muller, for being with us. Well, thank you. It was great. Thank you for tuning in to the Kathleen O'Keefe Canada Show. If you would like to comment or have an idea for the show or have a question for Kat or one of her guests, please visit her on Facebook at Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. This show and previous shows are archived on Blog Talk Radio, accessible from survivingcancerland.com and accessyourinnerguide.com. Join us again next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Until then, have a great week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.